we do have a, just a treat today. Um, Kyle is going to be speaking for us. Kyle, come on up if you will. We love Kyle. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Man, a couple weeks ago when we were home and Kyle did the after worship and he got up here and started preaching, I was like, oh my goodness. I saw my dad in him. I was like, that's pretty, pretty cool, man. Got the preacher in him. And uh, so I always look forward to hearing what you have to say. I know God speaks to you and you have a, a great mind and a great heart to hear from him. And I want you to know I'm open. I'm ready to be wrecked, whatever you have for me and whatever the Lord has for us. So I love you and I bless you. Thank you very much. Y'all doing all right? I'm going to carry on what's been going on all service. We're going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> Saying about him, Jared came up, talked about him. We're going to keep it on because I feel like God's calling us to do something and that's to turn our eyes to Jesus. The, uh, you know, it's impossible to not talk about everything that's gone on this year, just how weird it is. But, you know, when I look back and Obviously, when the calendar turns to 2021, doesn't mean that all our troubles go away and all that. But when I look back on this year, I'm going to look at it as a year of recalibration. Like, what is important to you? It, when you can't be around people you love, you realize how important those people are to you, right? When you can't, you know, go to church normally like you do. We, you know, we had this a couple month period where we couldn't be here. Like every Sunday morning I woke up and I'm like, man, I'm like 34 years old and not a Sunday in my life have I just sat at home. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really weird. And I realized I miss the church. I love the church. I love you people. I love coming here and worshiping together. I miss it. And what it's done for me and you know what? I've gotten to spend more time with my kids this year than I've ever gotten to spend in my entire life. It's, it was a pain in the neck, I'll tell you, right? Like, <laughs> hey, I work a full-time job. And um, for those of you that, that don't know, I, I manage two teams. I, I manage a team of people here in Texas. And I have a, peop, uh, a team of 10 people in Vermont that I manage. So... Kind of hard to do all that and then have your kids be at school or do school full time at home. I say full time because I don't know that they're actually learning anything, but that was a lot. But you know what? I got to be more involved in what my kids were doing than I've ever gotten to be involved in my life. And I'm going to look back. Even now, I'm so grateful for it. I got to have a hand in, in everything that they were doing. So this year was a year of recalibration. What's important to you? What means something to you? <laughs> I feel like we're called to get rid of the things that are not that important to us. I was talking with uh, Hank after church last week, and, and we were just talking about the burdens that we're carrying. Jared had an awesome word last week. If you weren't here, if you didn't hear it, go download the podcast. It was amazing. Talking about mental health and the things that we do to ourselves, the burdens that we carry that we're not called to carry. And I believe that ties directly in with, with what I'm talking about today. It's time to recalibrate. It's time to shed the extra weight. And when we do that, it's time to turn our eyes to Jesus. You know, Jesus, I, I think we often forget this because 
Jesus is God, but he was fully man as well. And I think it's really, really easy to forget that every decision that you and I make on a day-to-day basis, Jesus made the same decisions. Or he, he was given the opportunity to make the same decisions. I'm gonna, I have a lot of scriptures here. I'd ask you to not follow along in your Bible with me. I'm going to bounce all around, and you're not going to catch anything I'm going to say if you try to keep up. Okay? Am I the first preacher that's telling people not to follow along in their Bibles? <laughs> How about this? Trust that the scripture I'm reading is actually in the Bible. And go back and listen if you really want to read and have confirmation, okay? And I've got several different translations. The one, I picked the one I like the most, so. We good? All right. Like I said, Jesus was a man with choices, the same choices we have all had. And he was perfect because of the choices he made. He was not perfect because God created him to be perfect. God didn't make all of Jesus's decisions for him. Jesus made every decision in his life on his own. Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we Yet he did not sin. That is who Jesus is. I'm going to go through a few things here. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. We, we know this story. Jesus is in the wilderness and he's fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. And guess who shows up? That, that rotten devil, right? And he uses the scriptures against Jesus and he tries to tempt him. Throw yourself off this mountain and the angels will catch you. Turn this rock to bread. Imagine this. You are starving yourself for 40 days. And someone comes along with an option to get you out of it. And you better believe that if Jesus wanted to turn that stone into bread, he could have done it. But he had a mission. He wasn't going to deviate from that mission. He could have entertained the devil's temptations in this great time of physical and mental weakness. It'd be very easy to give in to the temptation. But he had a choice. He chose right. Jesus, this innocent man, gets accused of whatever horrible crimes they were trying to accuse him of. Hold on, I skipped ahead in my notes. We'll get there. We all know that that happened, right? I don't usually like notes, but I wanted notes today, and now I realize why I don't like notes. But here's a great one. This is actually one of my favorite Jesus moments of all time. Like, when we get to heaven, this is my DVD Jesus moment. Like, I want to watch this one. Matthew 21, 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all of those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. I think we look at Jesus as this really meek, mild man. And in a lot of ways, the Bible says he was. But Jesus got angry, 
right? Imagine this. I, I mean, if y'all get a visualization of this, I don't know how you don't just love this version of Jesus. The just flipping tables and <laughs> these people had turned his father's house into a den of thieves, as Eddie said. But in his anger, he did not sin. I know, I mean, this one, like, we could pause on and, like, have a CeeLo moment here. I feel like I'm not all that angry of a person. I'm relatively mild-mannered. I think I'm pretty fairly easy to get along with. But I'm also easily frustrated, which frustration's like the cousin of anger, I suppose. And when I get frustrated, do I, do I curse people when I'm frustrated? Do I curse myself when I'm frustrated with myself? In my anger and in my frustration, do I sin? Jesus had the same choice. When people angered him, he had the choice to sin or to not sin. And what did he do? He made a choice to not sin. I said this a couple weeks ago um, when I came up after worship, but I think another thing we need to we need to think about more often than we do, and maybe you think about this more, and I'm the one that needs to think about it more. Jesus didn't have to die. You realize God God sent His Son, but again, it wasn't God's decision to make. Jesus decided to give his life. We can never forget that Jesus is the one who chose. I think in Christianity, we often feel like Jesus was the puppet and God was the marionette master and was maneuvering all these things to happen. (laughs) He wasn't the puppeteer. Jesus was making decisions fully on his own. I say fully on his own. You know what I mean? Jesus had an out. He had a bunch of outs in the garden. Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering from me. And he said he sweat blood, right? Yeah, what did he say next? What did he say after? Please take this cup of suffering from me. He said, yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Imagine the agony of the decision to lay your life down for people that don't deserve you to lay your life down for. Imagine that. He could have easily run from it. You think he didn't know something was going to go down in the garden that night? You think he was unaware of what would happen? Yet, his will was the will of the Father. He had a choice to run, but he chose the will of the Father. I love this too. Jesus comes before the chief priests and the elders. Matthew 27, 12 through 14. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. 
Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Imagine an innocent man in the face of his accusers remains silent, knowing that his silence is going to have him killed. Also knowing that if he spoke up, he could talk his way out of it. I'm sure of it. Yet he chose to remain silent because he was called to something. And he chose, he chose again to do the right thing. Jesus on the cross. This, I say everything's like my favorite Jesus thing, but this is like, I can't imagine, here's what I, here's what I do. I think of Jesus and I imagine myself making that decision and I measure up like, okay, what is my, how capable am I of making this decision? I'm not capable of this one. Luke 23, 39. One of the criminals who, um, who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Jesus could have, we, we don't think he could have saved himself there. And then it goes on to say this in Luke 23, 34. What did, he, what did he say on the cross in the face of his accusers? Those that were hurling insults at him, spitting at him. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They have no idea what they're doing. Wrongfully accused, hanging on a tree with nails in his hands and feet. Jesus looks at his accusers and asks for forgiveness on their behalf. Who could have blamed that man in that position if he would have cursed those people? Who could blame him? We would all completely sympathize Imagine what he went through, the crown on his head, the nails in his hands and his feet, the lashings he took on his back. And as he stares at this people that did this all to him, he says, God, they have no clue what they're doing. I don't hold their sins against them, and I ask that you don't either. Imagine that man. That is Jesus We must never, ever forget all that he did for us. All he is for us. What example that he is for us. We can never forget in what greater time than right now when we're, you know, we're all this time of celebration and gift giving and all that, that our focus should be put back on Jesus. He's fully worth our attention. I'll start wrapping it up here, but I was, I've been feeling the last few weeks this urge, like, get back to Jesus, right? Get back to him. Not that I, not that I left or anything, but keep remembering who he was. Because like I said before, it's really easy to forget that he was flesh and bone. He bled. 
right? He was not, you know, God, it's hard to even imagine God. He's everywhere. Like, how do you even wrap your mind around that? But Jesus, he was flesh and bone. We could touch him. He was a man, fully man. He had the same brain like we have, right? You don't think he woke up in the middle of the night with cramps in his legs. Like, the older I get, the more this happens, right? (laughs) You don't want to talk about it. Rodney, what do you have going on? Let's take a minute here. (laughs) Which day? Which day? We often forget that he came to show us the way. And this statement from Jesus right here, I think fully wraps this up for us. Why it's important for us to turn our eyes to Jesus. John 14, 7. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, come on, get this right here. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So why is it important for us to turn our eyes to Jesus? Because it is only through Jesus that we can see the father. It's looking upon Jesus' face, his marvelous face. Only then can we truly see the Father. And that is why we turn our face to him. That's when we see our Father, our Creator, our Friend, our Comforter, our Savior. That's when we're truly able to see who the Father is and who he is to us and who he's called us to be. You know, we're all called to be sons and daughters. And if we can't accurately see our Father, we will not be the true sons and daughters that he's called us to be. And it's only through Jesus and looking upon his face that we can truly be the sons and daughters that we are called to be. That is the reason for your existence. You know this. Your reason for existence is to be a daughter and a son of the Father. That's it. (laughs) Everything else takes care of itself. And what Jesus did so well, he was such a great representation of a son. Right? Everything that he talked about pointed back to his Father. I mean, he said his entire existence was to point to his father. That was the reason for his existence. Every decision he made was as a son, knowing that his ultimate purpose was to point people to the father. And that's what sons and daughters do. Every decision you make, everywhere you go in life, the purpose of that decision is to point people to the father. Because there is a lot of people in this world that have no clue how good God is. They know an angry God, or they know a false God. They know a God with their father's face painted on him. That's what they know. 
but they don't know who the true father is. And we are all called to point to who the true father is. And if we don't know how to do it, then we need to look to Jesus to show us how, because that is why he was here. (laughs) It's all there. He paints the directions for us. This is how you do it. Make a decision, have your father in mind. (laughs) Right? Don't react in the moment without thinking first. Like, this is practical stuff. Like, I think Jesus was so in tune that he probably didn't have to stop and think about stuff a lot. But for us, we're not quite there. We need to stop and think every now and then. Say, hey, is this truly what the Father, or (laughs) or is this what Jesus would do? I mean, those bracelets were cheesy as crap, but I mean, like, uh, it's good. Like, what would Jesus do? What a great thing to think about. Like, what would he do? I find, like, cheesy stuff, like, works for me a little more these days. I don't know why. <laughs> bring it, we're not, we're not going to bring it back, but we can think about it. <laughs> but what a, what a great thing to do. Think about him. And, and the purpose of our decisions isn't just to make a good decision. The purpose is so that the world can see the Father through us. And that's what we're called to do. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. We good? Okay. Uh, let's, let's stand for a second. Right now, let's just turn our affection to Jesus. Turn your heart towards him. Put thanks on your lips. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for what he's done for you. Come on. Put your praise, put praise on your lips. Come on. Come on, turn to him. Yeah, don't stop. Jesus. 
Jesus Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth Will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace and turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace that's a great word Kyle thank you Let's just keep doing it. I don't want to, let's just rest. We got time. that one time and then we're going to pray for some things all right sing about it today we ask that your face would shine upon us I ask that you would do something really special for us this season for every family here as they gather for Christmas for all of our many different Christmases we have we ask that your presence would show up in every single one of them Father in our, in our families that serve you and know you and our family that doesn't we ask that your presence would be felt by everyone. 
we invite you into our homes. We invite you into our cars as we drive to various places. Come on. (laughs) And Jesus, we pray for our families to be healed in Jesus' name. I I always feel this at this time of year, but God, that you would reconcile families. That you would heal old wounds. That you would remove poisonous darts. That you would take away suspicions. That you would take away accusations that are unfounded or founded. That you would remove old wounds, God. And that you would draw us back to one another as we're drawn back to you, our first love. Father, I bless every family here, every family connected to this church. I really mean that, Father. I ask that you bless them in every way imaginable. May your glory fill every part of their family. May you prosper them, and may they be in good health. Come on, even as their soul prospers. Would you pray that, Father, I ask you to help me to prosper and be in good health even as my soul prospers. Amen. If you want prayer, we'll meet you here at the front. We want to pray for you. Thank you, Facebook Live. We ask that God's presence is with you right now. We just send Holy Spirit to you now. May he touch you and heal you. Many of you are struggling right now. Many of you are sick. We ask that you be well in Jesus' name. And we bless you. Thank you for being here. Kyle, thanks again for a great word. Worship team, thank you for great worship time. Thank you all for being here. We want to pray with you. Merry Christmas.